When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape special. This is the Star Wars The Last Jedi spoilerific all the way Geekscape special where I sit down with Ian Kerner and talk all about Star Wars The Last Jedi. If you have not seen the movie, this is your only warning that we are going to spoil it. This is what it's for. Ian and I are going to sit down and talk about every issue with this movie, everything we loved, everything that didn't work for us, but... This all comes out of our immense love, lifelong love, for Star Wars. If you want a non-spoiler view of what I thought about the movie, go back on the feed to this week's episode with Leo Camacho, who cosplays as Poe. He's super popular doing that stuff. He's an awesome Star Wars fan, and he and I give our non-spoilerific thoughts on the movie. I also have a call-in from Mr. Jonah Hex himself, Jonathan Sheck. He calls in and talks about playing a zombie in a brand new movie. It's a really great episode, so if you do not want The Last Jedi spoiled for you, that's the episode for you. Then you watch The Last Jedi, you come back to Ian and I, but really my main question for you right now, having thought about it, is why have you not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi yet? Come on, I've given you a few days. This is the biggest movie of the year for us geeks. Hands down. I know Marvel did their thing. I know we finally got a Justice League. But this is Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, Ian, how do we dice up this turkey and serve it? Because well, there well, are let, a lot let, of let, let me start with this. I actually, so I don't know if, if the listeners know this, but um, you and I generally have an embargo on our thoughts on things until we get sit down with each other. So yes. I actually have no idea what your opinion is. I have no idea what your thoughts Ian, were. Ian, I will tell you right now, I don't know my opinion on this movie. That, that, it that, is that, such that's fair. a Rubik's Cube yeah, yeah. of strange shifting colors that the things that this movie does well, it does as well or better than a lot of Star Wars movies. There yes. are some moments in this movie that are the best in the series. Just great right. moments. 
there are some things that I think are so bold and they were very welcome tonal shifts for the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very different Star Wars movie than anything we've seen before. It's Absolutely. got some stuff in it that is totally different. I agree. Including starting right off the bat with such an injection of humor. And it's got, I mean, it's just a strange movie with, and it's trying a lot of new things. Now, whether that sometimes that feels like it's serving a lot of masters. Mm-hmm. Like maybe on the corporate side or the creative team side, there were a lot of masters to be served. Supposedly not. But at the other side of it, um, I love the freshness that some of these new mm-hmm. tones and points of view bring to the series. Are they all successful? No. Are they all uh, welcome? No. Do they, are they bold? Are they, are they cool? I mean, am I glad they did it? Absolutely. I love that this is a different Star Wars movie. I'm glad that this movie exists. Does it entirely work for me? No. Did I like it? I really think so. Yeah. Um, I, I actually... and. I, I'm, I'm in a similar place. I, I've been going back and forth. While in the movie, I was loving it. There were things that really bothered me. I walked out feeling exactly that. Um, but then as I've sat with it for several days, um, there's a lot, there's so much going on. And, and I said this to you before we started, you know, the podcast. I would, you know, we don't have time. We need to get this up. You know, you have things going on. Or because... Rarely do I feel a need to see something again to really discuss my thoughts, but but I've collected them and and, and I can. As far as my, my final verdict, I mean, I'm, this is gonna I'm gonna live with this thing, I think, for a while. Um, but we'd th- both like to see this movie again. Oh, I'm definitely seeing it again. I'm seeing it again in the next couple of days. Uh, it's not like Phantom Menace where you had to see it again just to realize that yes, this was not good. Yes. This we want to see again because there is a lot to digest in this yeah. movie. There's so many shifting parts. There are that... things I'm definitely unhappy about. Sure, but, of course. But there are things that are so clever, that are so well thought out. Um, and, and we're going to get into this in the analysis, but there are, what Ryan Johnson's done here is it's a lot of thought that's gone into mm-hmm. how things are portrayed and, and identity. You know, in, in, in so many of these characters, that everyone has an arc. Yeah, there's a depth to it yeah. that is sometimes not present in all of the characters in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Uh, right off the bat, let's. I mean, we can start going with uh, with Finn. Okay. I mean, you see Finn in portions of this movie uh, after he wakes up. We don't really necessarily know how much time has passed between the movie and this one. We do know that Leia's ver- Leia's version of the. Uh, I don't want to call them the rebellion. They're the um, it's it's the resistance. The resistance. Yes. Uh, resistant to what? Because you obviously had well, the, they were resisting the first order, right? But you had the new republic, and mm-hmm. you see the center of the new republic destroyed by the by the the death killer, the the star killer base. Yeah. In the last movie, a uh, lot of questions already. Well, well go, going back to, to Force Awakens, you know, politi- we're be doing the political, that a lot. yeah, yeah, the political landscape as it was presented is that. You have the New Republic. This First Order exists. The New Republic is not recognizing that they really need to do anything about it. So Leia formed this resistance because, you know, in similar fashion to, I think, um, I think in, in the original trilogy, the notion is that the Empire, you know, Coruscant's sort of in the, you know, towards the center of, the, sure, of that galaxy. Of you know, and the Outer Rim is a little more lawless. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... With this, similar thing is you have the New Republic sort of there, and the bit you know the First Order has kind of gathered its strength in in, in this outer rim. Right. Um, but you have death, the Death Killer or the the, the Star Killer base 
destroying what was the new center right. of the new republic. In that, that's in the, the the Force Awakens. Yes. So now you have this. I don't know how much time has passed. It seems like days. It could be. Months. No. Yeah. I, the idea is supposed to be it's right away. After. And and here's the problem is. In taking out the center of the New Republic, it seems like the entire New Republic has been decimated. Yes. Because suddenly... That's absolutely the case. But it's insane. <laughs> it's, it, it is it, insane. This is but, a galaxy-wide operation that is only called upon later in the, the end of this movie to save a resistance that I don't think the, the New Republic had acknowledged. But you wouldn't acknowledge... Let's say you're one of these, these planets that are closer to the Outer Rim, you're in the center. You're not the one that got destroyed by the... By mm-hmm. the, night, by the the Starkiller base, um, wouldn't it be a giant wake-up call akin to Pearl Harbor being destroyed and saying, okay, we well, all got to wake up now. Like It's like the Pentagon gets destroyed. The United well, States doesn't just collapse. And it seemed like no, in this no, one, I, in a matter of days, the entire republic collapsed, and now the First Order is the biggest thing in the universe. We actually, it doesn't make sense. Well, well we sense. actually don't know if it collapsed. We didn't don't know enough even in Force Awakens to know. Where are they at? Just because the New Republic exists, we don't really know what that means. I mean, look. It's tenuous at best. Yes. This well, the old Republic sure. was around for thousands of years. Until it became and, the Empire. And, and, and right, when, when we see it, it's already been falling apart for so long. And it was really just this, this interesting little coup. And if you think about A New Hope... You know, when they say, oh, you know, that, you know, they've dissolved the Imperial Senate and who's going to govern, you know, and it's going to be, you know, the, the, the individual, um, uh, you know, the, Plan, the, go- sure. go- the governors will, will, will do it themselves, right? Um, we have that sense of politics there. We actually don't know within the framework of The Force Awakens what has replaced all of that, okay? Sure. We have ideas that things that are now non-canonical, Okay, in regards to, you know, remnants of the Empire being around and all that, but presumably there's independent planets and maybe, you know, maybe they've sent people to ascend it again. And you would think but that the... you really don't know planet to planet what that looks like. But you like. would imagine that, the, that the, first, the, the First Order is this almost terrorist group that now, that had in the last movie, well, their big weapon. And the big weapon's been taken off the board. So now they're a massive threat. And I don't see how they became a massive threat again once their circular base was destroyed. How are they a massive threat right off the bat in this movie? And why is the Resistance and the New Republic in such disarray that everybody's running for their lives? So you understand, like that's where my confusion was. No, I, I totally got that, and, and I don't disagree with it. Um, I, have, I have a bunch of things that I that I want to unwrap, you know, off of what you're saying. Um, and one of them, I this was, is a movie uh, I liked. Yeah, I know, I know. Same, same. <laughs> One of them is something that, I mean, I, I was actually thinking to come at from a, a bigger perspective, but, but, but we'll get there. Um, because you're, 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 it's an entry point into one of my complaints, which is, who are the leaders here? Right. How is it that Snoke's gone? I mean, I've always been bothered by this general who looks like he's 12. You're talking about Hux. Hux, yes. Yeah. I mean, like... How is that the general? I mean, literally the joke becomes at the end here. It's like, you have two children running this thing. How is that possible? And in particular, the reason why this bugs me is my understanding is the First Order is really supposed to have been formed around the remnants of the Empire and people looking for this throwback. And, and this is something that, so, you know, I read an interview with Ryan Johnson. Make the who, galaxy great again. Yeah, exactly. Well, I read it. Well, all right, so here's the thing. This movie was made prior to Trump winning. But there's still a lot to be seen, a lot to unpack within this movie that you know, makes this movie so about 
right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and I'm going to get to so a lot, lot of that. There's a lot to unpack in this movie, period. Yes, there is, there is. But, but I'm going to get to a lot of that. Um, but um, politically, um, first of all, I want to say that you know, where I was going with that was that in the interview with Ryan Johnson, he actually talked about how he was very free to do what he wanted in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he was actually encouraged to take chances whenever he did run things by Lucasfilm. They were like, yeah, go, do, do whatever you want. Wow, that's um, awesome. One of his parameters, though, was that he was starting, his starting place is where Force Awakens ends. So, and, and you know, there's been a lot of analysis already in the last few days, so I'm going to speak to some things that I don't want anyone to think were originally my ideas. Um, Jerry Conway did a great article that I know I sent you, I know you had not a chance to read yet, yeah. but he really broke down um, what Ryan Johnson does is so much to do with who he is as a filmmaker and, and the generation he comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and interesting. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, it's really, really interesting analysis in terms of like what Lucas did. And Lucas was a baby boomer, and you know where Ryan Johnson, even as a filmmaker, where he hasn't had opportunities because the baby boomers really dominated film for so long. Yeah, and so much way, way beyond. Um, you know, well into the two thousands. Okay, they just completely dominated. Um, Filmmaking, and you know, and so directors like Ryan Johnson and Patty Jenkins didn't have that many opportunities, and really had to go to TV to develop their craft and that kind of thing. But it actually speaks a lot to the, the voice and, and the ideas behind what what the vision is and what the message is. Um, and um, and again, this article, and I, I'm not going to do it justice. I'll touch upon some points in it, but um, I posted it and uh, and I sent it to you, and it, I definitely I'm excited to read it, it. And, and post it. But um, what Ryan Johnson does in this movie that's and, really you know, fascinating. I'll link it in the show notes on Geekscape.net. So you, on Geekscape.net, you guys will see the articles we're referencing underneath it. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Let's definitely so do the, that. The links will be up um, there. It speaks a lot to both... Well, I shouldn't say both. There's, there's several things going on here because what you have in this movie is you have uh, a lot of the conflicts that exist between the baby boomer generation the Gen X generation and millennials. Oh, that's a great yeah. note. Yeah, yeah, it's very much that. there. You, you, it's, 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 yeah. it's fully it's, there. It's all of Poe's storylines. No, it's, well, well, and it's also it's Ray's storyline. It's, it's, it's several points. Exactly, it's, like, it's, it's the entire the, thing. The original cast of the Baby Boomers. Right. Okay. Um, Poe is a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. but Finn, Ray, and Kylo Ren are millennials. Right. They fully are. And how all these characters react to things in this movie has everything to do with that perspective. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty awesome. Yeah, that's okay. awesome. Yeah. And, and there's no question this is intentional. And Snoke is also a baby boomer, if not Absolutely. even older. <laughs> yes, exactly. Of course. Of course. Right. But, 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 I mean, the macro view of this movie, and, it, you know, it, it was sitting with me, and I came out of it. My, my girlfriend made some comments to this effect. We didn't talk about it at great length. You read this article after um, yeah, I, I, okay, yeah okay. I read this article just in the last day or so, and I really went like, I was like, this, this article, is, it's dead on. Jerry Conway and, doesn't mess around. No, yeah. d- exactly. This article is dead on, and it really made me you know, sit back, you know, and really look at this movie through, you know, through a different perspective. Um, and, and what I realized, and there's been a number of commentaries that I've read in the last few days, um, there's been a lot of backlash in this movie. Absolutely. Okay? And I think that the source of a lot of the backlash comes from, and, and our friend FJ, you know, has, has spoke this a bit, and I, I've teased him a bit about it, and, uh, and uh, you know, our friends Justin and Ryan, you know, we, we've all talked about this a bit. Um, the movie disappointed a lot of us because we had 
expectations. And the question becomes, did Force Awakens set up these expectations or did we do that ourselves? Right. And, and I think ultimately it's we did it ourselves. That's another article, the one about how fan fiction and fan yes. expectations destroy, cut, like cut the story yes, short. Yes, exactly. So, that's the second article? That's it's another article. Yeah, yeah. Geekscape yeah, no, is finding it, it, it on yeah, Geekscape.net. I sent you a few articles that I thought were really well written uh, on the perspective here. Um, then, um, before I get discussed into other articles, but you know, what I want to say about this in particular, let's talk about it. So these are, the, these are a couple of the big, what some would consider disappointments. Okay. Raised parents and nobodies. Which I liked. I, 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 for a long time I said my big issue was going to be if she's not Luke's daughter, I have a problem with it. And, and do you? Well, ultimately I'm, I'm going to say I think I've come back around to the other side of it. Really, the only reason I have a problem with it is this is the Skywalker saga, okay? And the fact that... But there's look, still a Skywalker. Well, I know there is, but let, let me say this. At the end of Force Awakens, he kills Han. I go, he's not redeemable. Yes. I said, there's, there's just no way he's... he's but but I'm, I've, I've often wondered, is that fair? Because Darth Vader did the most horrible fucking shit. He swiped out probably multiple, certainly thousands, not millions of people in all the years we didn't see. Okay. He also kills his master in Obi Wan, or at least attempts to. He he does he, all no this calls, heinous right, shit, right. and for me, I can't forgive Kylo Ren because he killed Han Solo. And you know what my answer to that is? You damn fucking right, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's Han fucking Solo. Yeah, but that and has that's more right. to do with your sentiment than the character. You're, that's exactly right. That that's has more exactly to do with my Ian Kerner than Kylo Ren. Absolutely. Well, to be perfectly honest. Is it a fair statement? I mean, it's certainly an, an indictment of George Lucas' storytelling that it's all simply a matter of, you know, what you choose to take into your heart and you're just going to wipe away all the horrible things you did? Right. It, it, I mean, that is the flaw at the end of Jedi, isn't it? Right, and they start, but they start to make him sentimental when you realize the truth about Luke. And what, if it is the truth, right? When Luke came to him wanting to kill him that night, wanting, knowing that he is going to end up Seduced by the dark side, that there's more force <clears throat> power in him. All right, so, 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 so now we're getting into this movie. We're getting into so, some of the, the movie, thing. but that was just one point. So that was one point. But, right. Okay. So, yeah. Are there exactly. Others from the article that you want to. No. Yeah. Out? There are. There are. But but but, but okay. talk, talking about the notion of Kylo Ren and, and the Skywalker thing. So then we get I was into this movie. Of how redeemable he became in some of those scenes. Well. Right. Well, it was well done, but. So in this movie, that that's the question, and I mean, I know, and I'm sitting there with my girlfriend, and she's going like, and she said to me, she's like, yeah. I wanted him to come back over. I was like, they, they really set you up. You really you thought it was going to happen. And that was, well, that was very well done. Right. They did. They humanized him a lot. Even though it was a difference in perspective, you felt for him. But remember, the idea wasn't that, oh, I mean, all right, so Luke says in this, if he'd been a better paternal figure, what would have happened there? Right. You know, and, and that, that's, that's the thing about Luke in this that's really interesting is... You know, he is a failure. He absolutely is. I mean, we got this grizzled Luke, this disgruntled Luke, you know, this washout, right? right? He's not what we expect him to be at the end of Jedi, but you know what? I mean, I don't know why we assume just because he did get his father to turn and I... Right. Indirectly beat the emperor, you know, and it is indirect. And I, I mean, I predicted that he was going to throw the lightsaber away. Okay, like, and I kind of like that. 
Yeah, because, it, well, it's funny. We were all waiting for this big momentous thing to happen with the lightsaber, and mm-hmm. when he takes it in his hand, they're building it up, and I was like, he's going to fucking throw this thing away. Right. Well, and he's when not he interested. does it, it was super right. satisfying. It's okay. hilarious. Okay. Um, but it also said, hey, Jonathan, I know that you thought that, and you and everybody thought that Force Awakens was a rehash of New Hope. Anything can happen here, and so you better be ready for it. Yes, so I, I agree with so that. I, so that, as a choice, I liked that, so, as I did the so phone wait, wait. call thing at the beginning. Of the no, call. I like it too. We'll, we'll go there, but yeah. let me just stay on the point uh, about, about the redemption of Kylo Ren and the reason I was making it or discussing it. Um, all right, so the whole thing is this. He's drawn to Ray. All that goes on. The simple truth is he's never tempted to be redeemed. He's just more thinking in terms of that classic Sith I want my apprentice right it's full on exactly what Darth Vader says to Luke earlier in Jedi yeah there's a lot of parallels there it's the the Emperor is foreseen you know you're gonna come you know well guess what I mean that was one of the great things in Jedi when you think about the rule of two oh yeah bring Luke over you know it wasn't about father and son from the Emperor's perspective it was take Vader's place supplant Vader Mm-hmm. Is what the emperor was thinking, right. because Vader was flawed. Because Vader was not what Vader was supposed to be. Because of you know what happened to my Mustafar. Right. You know, Luke could potentially be everything that the chosen one should have been before he was damaged. Mm-hmm. Right. So but anyway, my point is, is that so this is what Kylo Ren is thinking, and he surreptitiously takes out Snoke. And Which I thought I loved that. Well, well I love that they so, take that whole question about who Snoke is and Snoke is this, Snoke is that. I love that they just wiped that out. So that, so that also is the other thing that is disappointing for many people because so much speculation about who Snoke is and what that means. They wanted another and, emperor, and I'm sorry, yeah. but that narrative is too well, na- like well, we've had it before. Well, here's the thing, and you know, and and, and I got to give credit to, to our friend FJ, um, who flat out said, you know, he, he drew the comparisons with the emperor and what we knew and didn't know and all that. You know, I think. Honestly, see, even since the prequels, where people first started yelling, oh, my child has been raped and all this stuff, it's, you know, what's happened is you have so many people who were children when the original trilogy came out. Mm-hmm. And now, through adult eyes, you know, we're very um, unyielding in, what, in our expectations of most people. Right. You know, or our initial reactions to things, I think. Uh, so we have expectations, and the fact, the fact of the matter is, every Star Wars movie has been different. Including Force Awakens? Yeah, for as much as Force Awakens is, is a rehash, it's still, every sure. single Star Wars movie is different. Yeah. They all are. The, no two Star Wars movies are the same movie. Right. I mean, not only because it's an ongoing story, they're not just trying to do the same beats. I mean, yes, that's the main criticism of Force Awakens, is it, it repeats certain beats. Right. You know? But... But they're all different, and they all have a different feel for different reasons yeah, and different messages really and all that stuff, great. you know? Yeah, there's some stuff that's fresh in that movie. But, but what I think happens is between um, expectations not being met, and, well, that's, actually, it's exactly that. It's just there's the expectations of what's going to happen and expectations of how it's going to feel. And, and I when think this that's movie what people, surprised me, I loved it. Yeah, but that, that's, what, that's what people get down on. It. Um, so anyway, where I was going with all that is I think after this movie, you know, now he's... Now Kylo Ren is leading the First Order. Mm-hmm. Snoke's gone. There's no one else to take out that we know of. And that was my favorite scene, the one with he and Rey kicking ass. So, like, me too. I love that scene. 
And I, but, lo- I love the surprises of it. I love the dynamics but, of it. I love the Empire relationship there where he's sticking his hand out, his black-gloved hand, and saying, come on. Yeah. I loved all of that scene. Well, and this sheer power that he's exhibiting is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But, but my point is that um, for this to be the Skywalker saga, maybe it doesn't need to be, but I feel definitively he's not redeemable now. Yeah. He's not. Okay, so I guess the expectation then is if it's still the Skywalker saga, but he's the bad guy. And presumably it's now be, really becomes about Rey putting fighting him, him and maybe yeah. putting him down. Then maybe that is the right way to end the Skywalker saga. And wasn't that the, the message that you got at the end of this movie that shot of the little boy... Uh, which felt like a sentiment that should have been preserved for the end of the ninth film because it opened the galaxy up to well, the nobodies. But isn't that who Ray's parents were? Were these nobodies? Right. And you still have to ask well, wait, yourself wait. whether or not Kylo was telling the truth. No, no, no. I, I want to go there, but hear me out on the Skywalker angle. Okay. Because and Leia is still Skywalker. And she's that's still what I was alive. about to say to you. Because there was an idea that you know the first movie was Han's, the second movie was Luke's, and unfortunately, if Carrie Fisher had not passed. Leia was supposed to have sure. been more center stage in the third movie. And, and I think that's what would have maybe saved what my problem now is with Rey not being a Skywalker. Right. It you feels know, too open-ended for a, yeah. a unique, for a movie that's supposed to be about the Skywalkers. Yeah. Yes, because if the third movie, well, if it was about Leia and Kylo, it's still you have the good Skywalker and the bad, you still have it being about sure. the Skywalkers, right? Um. So where do we go with it? What's it going to be? I certainly want to see. You'll see Luke again in Ghost Form. Well, so that, that that's another thing to unpack in this movie, Yoda. Yeah, what well, was I mean? Yoda was fantastic. Yoda was cool. And, and what we, we what, what we truly see finally is that notion that we heard from Obi Wan way back in New Hope: "If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine." Yoda, as we know, you know, we, we got the sense of the terminology came from Qui-Gon about the living force and communing with it. And that's what the notion of when a Jedi that dies, that actually just disintegrates, that disappears, that dissipates, that's becoming one with the living force. Right. You can only hold on long enough to keep the projection of two dice there, and then you actually pass on. Well, that's just it. Yeah, there's some math problems going on there. No, 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 That's a different thing. Yes. That's a different thing. I'm just making a joke. I, I know, I know, I know. For some but, reason, those fucking dice are still hanging around. No, you're making a joke, but it's a different thing. That's not what that is. Yoda's past is one with the Force, and what we now see is he's so powerful. We saw Obi Wan pop up and all that. Mm-hmm. Yoda gets to actually pop up and actually generate Force lightning. Yeah. You know, and all these things. I mean, and he knows exactly what's going on with everything. You know, I mean, Yoda's Yoda's awesome. super powerful. Yes. So I guess Luke from Beyond could still project the Force dice. Or Hans die, in order to troll Kylo. Yes, and yes. in a way troll his sister so, so, because so, he handed her a sentimental projection. Yes. So here's the it's thing. A little weird. It was weird, but here's the thing: is that exactly that Kylo flat out says to Ray earlier in the movie, "How are you doing this? You're not. You can't possibly. Play. This would destroy you." So we're actually in seeing what Luke does, which is so far and away beyond what. Kylo's referring to what he thought Ray was doing. Projecting himself exactly on the planet. Yeah. Projecting himself, looking younger. Right. Yeah, he did. He didn't have the gray when he, he showed up. He did not have on, the gray. That's when he, he appeared. Up. Yes. He appeared to his sister 
as he looked when last he saw her. Right. The way he looked back. When he came out from the rubble of his, yes. of his temple. Exactly. So um, the idea there is that he did what he had to do. He used the force at that level and it killed him. Right. Because it was just so much, but then, you know, he had accepted his place. He, wanted he to became die on one with the living force. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to die there. It, it, it's a great swan song. He's looking at, it's very much like when the first time we see Luke in A New Hope, with the vision of the two sons. Oh, yeah. And that, that music playing there. and all that. That was all there. Yeah. You definitely saw yeah. that. And yeah, and he does that. So the it was fact nice. that... Could it have been saved for the ninth movie? Yes, but, but that, that's the question. Right. I don't think there's any plan for how I'm going to be in it, though I would hope he would be, you know? At least as a one with the force. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I would imagine... Yeah, I, I, I hope Luke, there's, there's some kind of cameo or something. I would imagine Mark Hamill would be in the movie at the, at the force. Uh, yeah, I, I would hope there'd be a cameo. And I mean, Ewan again... Too. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I, I, think that, I think that they do have a big issue with not having Leia. Right. Okay? This is, Without this having is, Carrie Fisher. It's a production Fisher. issue. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um... The other issue that I think that, you know, were fan expectations were, you mentioned Snoke. Um, and, and I sort of already covered this with this whole idea of that, um, you know, what do we really know about the Emperor? You know, we forget that we had all these theories, you know, in between the original trilogy for those of us that are old enough to have seen uh-huh. it back then. I mean, everyone was, back at the first movie, it was going to be Luke and Leia or Luke and Han. Honestly. Luke and Han would have been awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like Han. Honestly, really, after A New Hope, you don't really. No one's really thinking about Leia and Han as a couple. That's an empire, right? Which is great. It's not really in A New Hope. I mean, you see it now, right? Because you know, he's like, oh, you think maybe you know someone like me and her? No, you know, the comment to Luke. But it really seems like that's more Han teasing Luke than anything. Sure. You know, at that, that time. It was great that that right? I mean, that's when Empire has so many great surprises in it. It does. I mean, well, yeah, Empire is fantastic. Uh, you know, there's no question about that. But um, the point is that there's so many things that were speculated. So many things, so many ideas, so many theories that ended up being wrong because it's not how the movies went. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so much talk and so, I mean, the fan theories always existed. There just wasn't as much of a pulpit for them without the internet back then. And nobody saw Darth Vader, I'm Your Father, coming. No, absolutely nobody not. Nobody saw that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not that I went to see the yeah. theater. I mean, I didn't see the theater until Jedi. But, but I'm saying, but you know, back then yeah. there was, there was you're, I don't know if you're old, you're, you're old enough for Starlog magazine? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Carrie O'Quinn started that magazine. Right. But I'm saying, that was like, you know, you got Starlog magazine. That's where all the theories would be and everyone would talk, you know, yeah. and people wrote in because that, that's how things worked back yeah, then. Carrie O'Quinn started that and Fangoria. Uh-huh. And he's, okay. a, he's a friend. He's a, uh, I love that guy. He's an older guy and yeah. he's awesome. I should have him on the show. The dude is awesome. You should. So, so the point is that the idea that people are disappointed in the movie because the fan theories didn't play out is kind of ridiculous. No, fuck the fan theories. Yeah. It does this yeah. movie work I mean, on a narrative nothing. level? Exactly. And then, so that, that's, the important, that's the important conversation. That's the important question. Um, You've and, kind of justified Luke's death, quote unquote death. You've kind of justified it for me because yeah. I felt like it was something that needed to be held until the ninth well, movie well, well, when so, it was really working. But obviously we're going to get a bit of an alleg- I mean, I would like to think that we get a bit of an allegorical that's what I'm like saying. That's what I hope. Exactly. So here's another thing that I think disappointed. And I felt a little disappointed by initially, but then I think about what Yoda said I'm okay with. It's like, I expected major training stuff with Rey. Yeah. You did not get a whole lot of Yoda training stuff with, with Rey at all. You didn't. No. But, but if we'd gotten that, we would have said it was just a replay of Empire. Right. 
No, I think that was a no-win uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and we, ultimately, we got, what tree, we, got, we got entering a dark tree, and that was a bit of empire right there when she enters a dark tree. It was sees the books of the wills, which yeah, I love that shot of the books in the the the, the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no post credit scene. Was there a post credit scene? No, no, I didn't think. Okay, no, there wasn't. I, <laughs> I read something. I think it was a joke online. And no, I was there, like, there's, Wait, no, what? there's no post credit scene. Yeah, this is not Marvel. Um, Thank you, Disney, for not making it Marvel. Right, right. We, lo- we love Marvel, but this is a different place. No, it's it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not done. Um, so, you know, the lack of training initially, I was like, oh, I thought we were going to get that. But then the question becomes, well, what does she need? She has combat training already. She's been fighting her whole life. Right. Okay. You know, the reality is that there's supposed to be an idea that like, like Luke goes from the end of Empire Okay, to the Southern Jedi now, Return of Jedi now, he is a full Jedi. What happened in between? There's something of an idea of the Force sort of guiding, mm-hmm. right? Certainly that's the case with Rey right. all along. She's finding the power more and more, and she's using it. You know, it's sort of... And she a, can you know, FaceTime with, her, with, with Kylo now. Right. Yeah, she does well, the, the Force well, FaceTime. That's what I call it. Well, wait a second. But that Snoke did that. Yes. Yes, he does show up. Right. Um, so, so that's the thing about the expectations, you know, and that they weren't met. And I had to sit with it because I had some of my own, but that, that's where a lot of my initial issues came from. Well, I don't, yeah, and I don't now, think that's fair. Like, does, it's not does, fair. Does this work it's in not. The movie? It's not. So, so we've covered some of the things that are brilliant about the movie. I want to cover something else that's brilliant about this movie. Um, and it, it's a nice way to get into some of the issues with the movie. Sure. Um, this, interestingly enough, the fact that this movie was made not not so recently, you know, it, the movie was actually mostly made prior to Trump being elected. And I think there's been this big um, groundswell. And, you know, after, you know, without make, we don't normally make these podcasts overly political. Right. But I, no matter what your politics are, I think that you can agree that um, there's been a groundswell, you know, in feelings out in the world because of the fact that um, Trump's, um, what do you call it, uh, Access Hollywood uh, oh, interview, yeah, you know, yeah, about, yeah. you know. His, his you know, cup but, of, he's like, his yes. like, like, grab the pussy. Thing. Yes, that whole thing, you know, as well as all the accusations against him and all that, you know, has created a certain groundswell and now it's really come, you know, up with the Harvey Weinstein stuff and now so many other you know, uh, scandals and all this stuff, you know, it's now, it's now front and center. And, you know, and I, I'm of the opinion it's about time. And it's great that, you know, we're, now, we're actually now really looking at, um, you know, how women are treated unfairly and women's roles and all that. Um, you know, we talked about Wonder Woman, you know, you know even as, as two white men, mostly white, you know. Um, I think that... Um, this movie, you know, one of the things that people really reacted to, it was really unfair, was this whole idea that, oh, yes, um, Admiral uh, Holko, uh, Laura Dern's character, mm-hmm. you know, yes, some people actually went to the space of, yeah, she, she should have told Poe Dameron what was going on, and then, you know, he would have understood. It was like, wait a second. Why should she have told him anything? Right. He's a subordinate. And he's been demoted. Yes, and he's been demoted. 
this movie does a brilliant job of actually showing this really strong women. Sure. I mean, it's actually, one might almost argue it's, I don't want to use propaganda because I don't mean it that way. Um, it's a really positive voice mm-hmm. for this notion. I mean, this movie is filled with women who know better. Right. Okay? Um, so you started talking about Finn earlier, and, and I cut you off, and the reason I did it is because really all of these characters have this. You have Ray who knows better than Luke, okay? You have Rose who knows better than Finn and mm-hmm. needs to show him the way. Okay? Right, yeah, he's ready to and, jump ship. Yeah, and then and you, and have, then and you, you have Holko and Leia mm-hmm. who know better than Poe. Yes. And, um, and the women are all right. Yes. And, and the men are all wrong. <laughs> um, the Hulka stuff uh, is great. We lost Admiral Akbar off screen somewhere. Which what do you hurt. mean somewhere? It ha- yeah. yeah, he yeah. in that so explosion. Blown up. Uh, I would have loved for her dramatic beat that we saw, her like hyperspace sacrifice, yeah. to, to have been someone we cared more for, like Akbar. Like if Akbar had turned that camera, calamari cruiser towards the the, the yes, fleet and fucking done it, we would have felt a little more because we'd have been longer invested in that character. I understand why I loved that moment. It's one of my favorite but, moments of the movie but, because but, we get that cool but, 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 anime like no no silent. I, I, it was I, fucking awesome, Jonathan. I, I hear you, but I want you to really listen to what I'm saying because when I was initially watching the movie, I think I felt like you did, and now in reflection and having this point out, and another couple of articles I sent you that you'll mm-hmm. like. But um, the movie does this brilliant job yes. of, of really of calling this out. It's, it's no accident that Ryan Johnson has done this. Right. That he's, he has Poe Dameron. Would Poe Dameron have been questioning Admiral Akbar the way he questioned her? Yeah. No. No, I, I get you. I, and, I, I don't think he would. And I liked Laura Dern's character, and I loved that beat of her turning around. But, but that, that's just and it. She's just a, I mean, imagine and, if she would have been in Force Awakens. How no, no, great but, but, but Jonathan, I, I want you to really think about it. Like, the minute he sees her, oh, I've heard of her, and he has disdain for her because she's not dressed military. Right. You know, she comes from a planet that's very upper class and elegant, and she's still owning that. She's very feminine looking. She mm-hmm. doesn't seem like someone that, in his mind, is really worthy of his respect, even though he's heard that she's accomplished. He never gives her the respect that she's due. He turns a gun on her. Yeah. And it isn't until the end, and it's great, then that's the thing. And that's his arc. And Leia called out his arc at the beginning. But that's when he gets it, is when he shows the respect for her. And then he ultimately, you know, demonstrates it, you know, down on crate. Yeah, once Finn you know, returns from the gambling planet, which is, I'm pretty sure, a whole section we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. When, once Finn gets back from the gambling planet and they start to try and put that plan in order, I think the movie gets way better. Yeah, but but, like, the, but by the way, here, well, here's the thing, though. But I mean, including re- that moment, with do you Laura, realize with how much I love Poe Dameron? Do you realize how much he fucks up in this movie? Yes, he's like he's not listening from the get go. And you know how many people die because of it? Uh, almost all of their fighters and uh, all their bombers at the beginning of the movie. That's just the beginning of the movie, <laughs> right? By the way, I had a, some big issues. We're going to get there in the Canto Bite conversation, but but just jumping ahead a little bit, so. He didn't know the plan because it was need to know. The second he finds out the plan, he goes and blabs it, and DJ, Benicio Del Toro's character, hears it and is now able to get the information to then turn around and give it to the First Order. Right. And get all those people killed. Yeah, no, yeah, Poe fucks up pretty solidly. He's a fucking moron. (laughs) 
You're right. You know? Yeah. Guess what? He had no business knowing shit. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. Mistake after mistake after mistake. And what's actually interesting about this movie is, see, he, here's where the movie gets almost, it's almost a little bit confusing because you feel like Poe Dameron is capturing, you know, the energy and the spirit of like, Han Solo. He's being and reckless. He, and we're going to wing it and it's going to work out. No, he keeps doing the wrong fucking thing. Right. Right. He's Listen, more like, he's I'm more watching like the movie and, and, and he's doing his little mutiny and I'm rooting for him. I'm thinking, this is going to work out, right? No, it doesn't. He's wrong. Right. And I think that's another thing that people ha- are having, you know, problems with the movie, mostly people who are not open-minded about it is because it's not the right way to go, but it's the exact opposite message of what, of what came before. Right. You know, even listen. It's even in the prequels and Obi Wan with Anakin, and they just wing it. Right. Ah, it just works out. Yeah. Let's jump. Let's hope there's a car there when we jump off. The yeah. yeah. They just winging it. Yeah. Work out. You know, winging a prayer, right? Yeah. And guess what? No, that's not. That's not what adults do. <laughs> right. Right. That's really funny. Um, narratively, I felt like the movie was a little bogged down by the let's chase the thing going at minimum speed. So you know, for most of the movie. So, so you're gonna like this. You, you know, what my comment on that is, is I I, I had an epiphany watching that and uh-huh. having a problem with it. I realized I was like, for something that was one of my favorite shows, I suddenly realized Battlestar Galactic was stupid. Uh, yeah, they're just chasing them until they run out of fuel. It's the slowest car yeah. chase ever. Like it's literally like, oh my god, Battlestar Galactic actually gave us some good drama during I, it. But I'm I like, think, I think what troubles me about this is that they're being pursued by this giant behemoth, right? And a several star destroyers. And I'm literally going. Every like, single one of them has light, hyperspace capabilities. Yeah, well, they can't jump, jump ahead. At, jump yeah. ahead and block them. Yeah, that, that's why exactly are we, how I why felt. Are like we seriously, why? This? Yeah, what? And just how long went did that happen? Like they actually Days? did have time to go. So, so the the idea that was pointed out to me was this: is like what, what they're doing is we we have to assume that because the star destroyers are so big and bulky that without actually using light speed, they can't go very fast. Right. And so what's actually happening is, more or less, the speed. So the other ships are smaller; they can go a little bit faster. But, but again, it's not light speed, so it's only so fast. Right. So it's literally every time a ship runs out of fuel, then they destroy it, and they just that's when they they catch up and destroy it. It's just that simple. Sure. It's a very slow chase, but they can't actually go to light speed and get get away. You so don't think the dis- Yeah. It, well, you don't think the star destroyers could have jumped to hyperspace and just blocked them? They jumped to hyperspace. To where? So then they coordinate. So space is big. Right. Oh, look, they jumped to hyperspace. Okay, let's take a left. <laughs> right, 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 right. It doesn't you work have like that. Several of them. Yeah, but so what? It's space right. is space. It's infinite. It's, you know, three dimensions, you know? Anyone jumps away, they just change the coordinates, and there's no way to have any idea where you they still went. You still have trackers. You still have a tracker on the ship. No, they were able to track them in light speed. They weren't able to just to track them, period. So they were able to somehow... We have to accept this weird science right. of that. They, they were somehow able to track them in light speed. Sure. But it's not that they could just definitively track them per se. was the idea, anyway. Right, but if you have one ship chasing and others block it in... I, I think it's as simple as they look at it, they see that they're running out of fuel, and they just show a little patience, just after them. And, and they were. They were just slowly taking them out. Right. wasn't that big a deal. It's not... 
it's not like it took them, you know, yes, it probably took them days. Yeah. It definitely took them days, but because, big deal, so it's yeah. days, you know? Right, and it, it's a little bit of cruelty to Hux, and um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I think it hurt. For me, it hurt the pacing of the, uh, it, of the it, film. It, for me as well. But the slowest car chase ever was really, really silly. It felt really slow. Right. Um, but the argument can made is, but it, it gave an opportunity for other things. Now the big question is whether those other things necessary. Going to the gambling. I think Canto Bite horrible. Going to the gambling plan. That's Canto Bite. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's Canto Bite. Let's just start with why they go there. So we get this the cameo of a Mas Tanaka. Mas Tanaka being like. Is that Justin Throw's character? No, Maz is. Oh, Maz! Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's yeah, and she's having her her dispute with the with yeah. the union. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. That was a little silly. It was a little silly, but and then and then all she does is say this. Oh, okay. There's a guy down so, there. This guy, guy. You have to go with him. Doesn't give the name. Right. But you know he has the red flower on the lapel. Why okay. would there not be a name? Personally, and I'm not the only one that felt this way. I felt like, and again, this is a fan expectation thing, but it literally happened in the middle of this movie. Why would you not give the name other than to make me think I'm going to get a completely unexpected Lando Calrissian camera? Yeah, and if there's anywhere Lando would be hanging out, right? Unless he was involved like, in the like, resistance, like, like, it would be here. Like, why would you say there's this guy who's going to be there? It's not like he knows they're coming, right? He's not like he's some spy, you know, some operative that they can't give the name. Yeah, if so it's you, set up like it's this great rendezvous thing, as if they all know each other and the guy's expecting him. And yet, it's not that. Yeah. They don't give a name. So it's weird. Yeah, if they'd showing you know? up and seeing that Rose thing on Lando would right. have made the entire place go nuts. Right. So instead, it's random person who happens to be Justin Thoreau. And by the way, seemingly, the whole point of the Cantabite thing is, oh, we can throw in this interesting little seedy thing. It's a different kind of seedy, you know, but it's also, you know, it's the cantina, you know, it's, it's the bar in... Um, Attack of the Clones, right. you know, it's like, we have to get the CD thing and start, you know, it's Maz's bar in sure. Force Awakens. So we have to do a different version of that, you know, and now it's an opportunity for us to throw tons of cameos in. Because there's a b- bunch of cameos in the movie, Indeed. and they're pretty much all in that scene. And so you get Justin Thoreau. You get Justin Thoreau. You get uh, Justin Gordon-Levitt's voice. You get Warwick Where? Davis. Uh, he's the one that, that actually turns them in. It's his okay. voice that says, "Oh, they get some arrested." And then Justin Gordon, and then uh, Warwick Davis, a little guy who's yeah, trying to put coins exactly. in BB-8. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, it, if uh, and then the plan never ends up being successful. I don't care about that because the characters. Well, see, I do care about that. Well, the that really pissed me off. The characters don't know it's not no, no, successful. No, no, no. But this is what bothers me a lot. Okay, so they insist. Oh my God, we need a codebreaker. Oh, let's call Maz Tanaka. I don't know why, but Maz is who we know, so we call her, so we get her cameo. Well, you got to go with this guy. He's the guy. He's the only one that can do it. But I'm not going to tell you his name, but if you go to this place, he's going to be there with this, you know, on his lapel. So we see the guy for half a second. They never really actually talk to the guy. They get thrown in jail, and they happen to the very first guy they meet in jail is a guy who goes, oh, I can do that for you. Okay, great. Right. So then, now, I can accept the idea, well, they didn't really have a choice, so they went with it, I and mean, the guy did break out. And he's the collector. But it just so happens only this other guy could have done it. This guy actually is, is able to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And they do the nice setup with the necklace and all that. And, he you gives know, it back. He's not such a bad yeah. guy. He was really using it for that. But then, you know, then there's the flip and the betrayal, you know? But I don't know. I, I just felt like there's a lot of social statement in the whole scene because you get into the whole thing about, you know, 
how the animals are being treated and, you know, the mm. social injustice of that. And they're funding the you know? First Order, selling weapons to the First right. Order and this and that, yeah. And also how they're treating, you know... Little kids. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a class statement. Yeah. And, and the, that class statement comes back around at the end. Right. Um, the kangaroos are... Uh, a friend of mine was calling the kangaroo... was just saying that the kangaroos was like some straight up, just like... Prequel stuff, like it was like the king right. was. Well, so, so, so that really bothered me, and I, I, I'm having, I, I have a lot of difficulty reconciling Cantabite. Other than to say, and coming back around to your commentary about well, what happened to the New Republic is that I think in your mind you hear New Republic and you're associating it with what you saw of the actual Republic in the prequels, and mind you, what you saw of the act, you're really thinking of just Coruscant. Right. If you really think about, even just looking at the prequels, you know, and the different planets, every planet's different, and just because you remember the Republic, I mean, it's different, and there's a lot of bad shit mm-hmm. in this galaxy. Right. Okay, and that's sort of the statement here, is that there's a class system here that's bad, and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, that's the notion that you really see, you know, in the prequels, like even the slave thing. Right. You know, I mean, Anakin was a slave, Shmoo uh, was a slave, Shmi, excuse me, was a slave, you know? I mean, it's not a great galaxy to live in depending on where you're born and who you are. Right. So okay? they would allow something like the First Order to run complacent. Well, absolutely. Right. You know, and, and again, we're talking about the political commentary, you know, that was interestingly maybe unintended, but... There is a lot of parallels to what's happening right again. I don't want to go off into a political rant, mm-hmm. you know, here, but a lot of things about what's happening. I mean, you know, let, you know, let's you know, the notion of the first order of this younger generation who's looking back to previous. Well, I mean, we're going to say tyranny because it's obvious in this, mm-hmm. okay? But that's the idea here, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea is that you know, these are the tiki torches, right? Where, where, that's exactly right. right. Where we have these neo-Nazis and it's coming up. I mean, it's, it's exactly... Charlottesville. This is exactly what's in this movie. I mean, there's so much going on in this movie that it's eerily prescient. And that's not new. The, he used the SS for the officers in the first trilogy. That, that's right. That. That's not new. Well, look, I mean... In Hux's blonde you know, hair, blue in, eyes. In Return of the Jedi, the whole notion, the, the imagery of the burning of the forest of Endor was meant to echo Vietnam. Right. You know, so that's another thing. This kind of stuff has always been in these movies, mm-hmm. and it's supposed—it's—it's intentional. It's—it's always been in the best science fiction. Right. I mean, as I said, I've wanted to go see the movie again. Um, you know, and I'm going to go see the movie again. But you know, so I'm still getting my brain around a lot of a lot of these concepts. But I mean, there's so much brilliance in this movie. Um, I know a lot of people felt that, you know, the very end, you know, felt a little hackneyed, you know, with the kid, but that's um, just it. It, yeah. spe- it speaks to, to what Yoda's saying, you know? You know, the movie's called The Last Jedi because that's a statement, but it, but it isn't. The idea is that... So, Yoda says at the end of episode three, okay, and it's an important point, that the Jedi did things a certain way. It's also a bit in Empire, oh, too old, too old, you know, to right. begin his training, you know? But that's just it. It's holding on to these old ideas. Yoda acknowledges at the end of episode three. Maybe we have to change. And I think that there's a notion, we don't really see it entirely, but the sense I have in this movie, there's this notion that Luke started as Captain that probably did things very, very similarly to how the Jedi did it before. 
the idea that, you know, Ray was sold, you know, so she's Jedi, you're okay, take the kid, take this little kid. Right. You know? I think it probably was a lot like it was before, and it needed to change. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? So, and, and that's just it. What we see at that in that ending is Luke's story. He realized he got off his ass. You know, he made that stand. His story is important. Yeah. It goes out there. He's arguing it's not important, and he's and he really no, it is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke that, is not. Luke has lost his faith at all. He is. He's a legend, and that being that legend, that's the argument with Ray. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's a legend, it doesn't actually matter if what people think of him is true. What matters is that they believe and that it inspires them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing at the end. The you know, kid I, with a lightsaber. I, yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, in the one sense, I thought to myself, is this meant to be, we're we going to see this kid again in the next movie? It's not what that's about. No, no. It's know? the entire galaxy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the right. ignored it's, it's parts exactly. of the galaxy. It, yeah. it, it, it's been ignited. And that may be Luke on Tatooine for all we know. Yeah, you know? The, the idea, yeah. oh, you know, were they heard? Who came to the help The spark them? that lit the flame, right. Yeah, you know. Which is the It's theme, coming. It's right? going to happen. You know, it's, yeah, this resistance is just getting started. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it wasn't already yet, but, yeah. but this resistance is going to happen. Right. You know? So in so, a way, there's, it's almost advantageous that this movie starts moments or days after the, the events of Force Awakens because well, well, the, by waking, the, way, the waking up to the center of the New Republic being destroyed hasn't really, the shockwaves haven't been felt. That's right. You know? That's so right. if it had spent... If, I think my problems with the establishment of like where we are in the politically at the beginning of the movie that I had no sense of and it felt ambiguous. I think that problem would have been magnified if it was a year later. But I think or I, months I, but later. My argument to you is that when you say it's ambiguous, I don't think it's really any more ambiguous than it then was in Force Awakens. Before, yeah, yeah. You know, you're making certain assumptions. Sure. Oh, the New Republic's gone. I was like, well, you don't really know what the New Republic meant, right? Right. You don't really know. I mean, how much of government was it? You know, what were they really doing? I mean, think about the Force Awakens before the New Republic's gone. Right. What we know is that they exist, and seemingly, they're another bureaucracy who's not listening. And Leia, being Leia, just recognized. Her own she realized yeah. that there's some injustice going on. They're not paying attention. She got involved. Mm-hmm. You know, just rabble rouser. Really illegally. Right. I mean, more or less, ter- I mean, it's, it's that great statement at, at the beginning of, of the movie when Poe Dameron shows up, you know, and he's basically saying, oh, you know, yeah, you know, he's, you know, he's in, in, in a Republic squadron. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Huck says, well, Republic's gone. So you're nobody. Right. You know? But that's all well and good, but he still seemingly has that authority, right? Mm-hmm. Um. What other parts of the movie did you have trouble with? Because we did center a lot on the gambling planet, and yeah, now the can't abide things. The thing I had the biggest issue with, yeah. as it, I said, and, and, and um, again, going if it when it's parallel to the slowest car chase in history, it, the movie is just like, oof. and she's spending a lot of time on that first planet, not training. So there was yes. a, so again, when I say that the second half of the movie felt way better than the first, I think that's a lot of momentum. Well, by the way, that's another one of those interesting things. You know, it's a, it's a similar thing in Empire, right? You know, because you know you split the narrative, and you know there's always that question of how long in Empire were Han and Leia and Chewie and three PO in, in Cloud City? Right. How long was Luke training? Right. Do we even have a sense, you know, in Star Wars, you know, uh, the, the laws of physics work the same way. The argument has been made, well, since Luke traveled for a while at light speed, 
you know, he could have been training for a really long time. Mm-hmm. He's no longer the same age as Leia, you know? Right. That's a really scientific yes, it, way I, to get around it. I, I've seen these ideas advance before, you know, or is the idea just that, like, well, Yoda, Yoda's able to show him a few things and unlock some abilities and boom, 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 just like that. Well, Yoda didn't want him to go either. No, he didn't feel he was ready. Right. But, you know. And he wasn't. He got his arm chopped off. Being ready's not about being necessarily stronger. Right. No, Yoda said he wasn't ready for the burden sure. of the knowledge. You know, who's stronger, who's better. I mean, look, it, it's always been a tricky thing. You know, when you look at it like, oh, the dark side gives you power, makes you so badass. And yet, you know, and then you, you fight something dark side, like, you know, you're going to be aggressive or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, listen, I, I've always, I remember wondering during episode one, was Obi-Wan channeling the dark side when he beats Darth Maul, you know, so aggressively? Right. Because Obi-Wan fights way more aggressively than Qui-Gon didn't fight that way. Well, you saw where I got him. Yes, that's my point. <laughs> right, right. Isn't that my point? Yeah. You know? Right. But you need a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke loses to Vader in the first fight because Vader's more aggressive. Luke beats Vader when he gets aggressive, and that's the dark side. And so the fight that we see with Rey and uh, Kylo in the chamber for the... in Snoke's chamber... Um, you said you're a fan of it. Love that that scene. I think that scene for me is like the the, the kickoff of this movie. For now me. I, I know someone whose comment was they felt it was very oh like ninja posing with you know the, that, that upsetting guard. Yes, yeah, I thought it was when awesome he, when he put the sword down and it was like using the ground and stuff. Like that, I was like, ah, it's getting a little fan filmy. Like it felt like some of those videos they make on YouTube yeah. with like the fans jumping but, around. But but you know what? But I it mean, was still awesome. The, yeah, the thing is like, look. You know, people, you want to start criticizing choreography and things like that. It'll I mean, never end. But by the way, the idea that, you know, I, I feel like going all the way back to Jedi, you know, I'm sorry, I said sitting Crimson Guard, mm-hmm. you know, um, their show, and, and they are that. So they do. They pose, they attack, you know, they're going to attack. Awesome. They act menacing, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it is what it is. I thought, you know, the time came. I mean, you know, I actually thought it was an interesting idea for me in that moment. I thought to myself, I was like, it's never really clear the Crimson Guard, or where are their loyalties? Um, right. Snoke's now dead. Shouldn't they follow Kylo or the Hux? Or, but clearly no. In, in that moment, it's their loyalty was to Snoke. You kill them, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if they'd killed Kylo Ren, well, then what? Right. You know? So it was just, and I, I thought it went through my head. It, it doesn't matter. It was what oh, it was. Right. That is but, interesting. Know, yeah. I mean, I mean, so much about that fight sequence was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was fun. I love how surprising it was yeah. to take Snoke off the board. Right. And be like, hey, we know you have all these questions. And some people complained, it. oh, why was it so easy? But it wasn't easy. No, it was the not idea easy. is Snoke is essentially seemingly, he's so powerful, the force, he's telepathic, and the subtlety of, you know, here you have Kylo, and he's being set up to fight Rey and probing with the Force and all that. Right. And to just very subtly just move their lightsaber just enough and just turn it on. Right. You know? It was like, it's just such a subtle thing it was done really to have well. done. You know, with, with, you know, from behind and all that stuff. Like, it's like, yeah, the idea is that, yeah, Snoke was that powerful, and Kylo beat him through Guile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Kylo's powerful as hell, too. So, he is, I mean, he's but thinking, not nearly as powerful as Snoke was. Yeah, he's, he's thinking Chewie's 
you know, crossbolt to the chest. You totally. know, is like he, well, well, he gets it. Well, you know, I mean, and, and again, even that, I, I think the idea is supposed to be that, you know, Kylo potentially is every bit that powerful, but it takes time sure. to develop the ability and, you know, and, and find it and, you know, live with it. You know, I mean, that, that's what we've seen. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, look, like we know. I mean, look, you see how powerful Sidious was, you know? And then yeah, then there's Yoda who, okay, just waves off the Force lightning, um, you know? Yeah, what do we have in terms of that last sequence with, the you know, the sand flat, or the salt flats, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, I go back to this thing about, like, Luke purposely tr- projecting dice for his sister. Yes. To give, have some reason of, like... Sentiment towards Han being yes. Um, what worked for you in that sequence, and what didn't work for you that's in that in that sequence? For me, the things that definitely worked were uh, the moment where uh, Finn decides to be bigger than the man who was going to escape in the mm-hmm. escape hatch and or escape pod, and he did, he says, "You know what? I'm going to sacrifice myself." And he I, I, he but- got me believing he was going to do it. No, he was definitely going to yeah, do it. Yeah, but he got but, me believing it was going to happen. But, 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 but here's the key right. point, yeah. coming back to what I said before. He's, he's going to do it, and it's pointless. Yeah. Because he's an idiot. Yeah, and Rose is right again. <laughs> and that's just it. It's all well and good that he's going to do it, but it wouldn't have done anything. It's one thing to sacrifice yourself and it's actually going to stop the thing. It wasn't going to because he's an idiot. <laughs> okay? Yeah. yeah this movie should and be, that's, that's, this that's movie literally should the point Star there. Star Wars, the men are idiots. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like, he's a moron. He literally didn't listen to the fact that this thing's powering up. It's all well and good that you found your moment, but there's a whole point. It's like, oh, look, let's be a big hero here. And being the big hero with the big, you know, heroic sacrifice. Just the, yeah, the way you do it, the right way to do the heroic sacrifice is when it's actually going to work. Right. Like Holko did, you know? Right. And, and the, the fight between... The, the Captain Phasma scene, did that work for you? Because that was obviously something the fans really wanted. So, so let's, let's talk about Phasma a bit. Yeah. You know, a lot of, we all thought, I think, Phasma was really built up going to Force Awakens, right. and it was a little disappointing. Now we have it here. You know, I, mean, I know for me, one of the funny things with Phasma, it's like this whole, okay, she has this different armor. And, you know, and I, one of our friends will be discussing this, like, all right, well, what is that about? You know, like, you almost want to see, like, at least every, occasionally have someone else in silver armor. Right. You know, and, and my opinion on that, I felt was, was sort of a callback to Darth Vader sure. in A New Hope. Sure. Because, I mean, you know, when A New Hope starts, we don't know all this mythology doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's just like you have Stormtroopers in armor, and then there's the one guy yeah, he's different. in different armor. Yeah. So, you know, well, you know he's badass. Right. Right? Right. I mean, that's what it is. He's We didn't get a whole lot of up. evidence of that in Force Awakens. No. So, yeah. then, so in this, we see that she's badass, you know, but she still kind of is not around all that much. Right. You know, um, but but I think that that's sort of this. As we've said, there's so much going on in these movies. You know, I, my girlfriend had said to me, you know, I made a comment about Boba Fett at one point. She's like, she actually said to me, she said, I don't understand. Like, what's so great about Boba Fett? And I said, and I'm like, well, he's Boba Fett. Yeah, but I think you know, a lot but, of- but the answer is that is like, it's not in the original trilogy. It's not you know, you have hints that Boba Fett's so great. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's just it. It's not about showing how great he is. You have the hints, and Boba Fett only gets taken out by accident. Yeah, I think I read a really good article about um, the role of action figures in the early '80s, and you know the, that huge explosion of GI Joe and Star Wars figures. Star Wars figures really started it for the most mm-hmm. part with that Kenner deal, and how characters like Boba Fett and or characters that would cameo in the He Man or GI Joe. 
became cult characters because the stories that were told about them were our stories that we had to create with the action figures. They, okay. th- those stories, Boba Fett's story wasn't told in Empire and in Jedi. There was very little of him in that movie. His stories were told with us in the Boba Fett action figures, and that is why he's so beloved in a cult figure because we had to create those. We had ownership of Boba Fett's story. We made so, them up for ourselves. So what I remember and, is this: and seeing Phasma is similar going into Force Awakens. Well, and well, well, first of all, we, so a lot of it's design. I mean, well. we live in a different time now with right. all the tie-ins and all that, you know. Right. And e- what's now even is canonical. That there's enough expanded universe of sure. there's going to be books and comics sure. and games, but um. I made reference earlier to this idea of that there were things and theories going in between. Um, I actually wanted to ask you about this because the footage in the special edition for New Hope with Boba Fett mm-hmm. was footage we know was originally a, a person, not an actual slug creature of Jabba the Hutt. Yes, we see him but, in the... But was the yeah. Boba Fett in that no. edited in? Yes. That's what I thought. Yes, he because, was never in a New Hope. Because we, but, but he was in that holiday special. He was in the holiday special. That was his first instance, and that was where right. his design came from. That's but what I thought. he wasn't designed for New Hope. Right, right. That was, yeah, that was and, the 97. And that, and that was the thing, and then it was a big deal, because we, you know, we saw images of him in the trailer for Empire, which was like a year early. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the big deal was the action figure for Boba Fett, the original Boba Fett was a mail away before Empire came out. It was the only way to get it. Yes, so and that made it that that kind of helped along the legend of Boba Fett. Boba Fett was such a big deal. In fact, the reality was we expected so much from Boba Fett. It was actually a little disappointing. You thought Boba Fett would be be much more to him in the movie, right? You know, you right. did think he was going to be a much bigger, more major character. But the thing I wanted to say to you is that I actually remember as a kid. So obviously, this is you know what sixteen years more before um, Episode One, where. You know, we always heard about the Clone Wars. I think our understanding of what they were going to be was different. But there was this rumor that went around that, oh, Boba Fett's the last clone. Without knowing exactly I what I do that remember was. that rumor. That, that was one of the things. It was yeah. one of the things that were out there. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, it's just interesting to me when you say that, oh, we made stuff up. But not all of it was necessarily made no, up. No, you had Splinter in the Mind's Eye. You had yeah. all sorts of cool shit that was yeah, going on yeah. during, the, during that time. Um, for the most part... The very little used characters on their end became our cult characters. On uh, no, yeah. I think that's absolutely true. Um, so the Captain Phasma Finn stuff did it work? Did it, was a rebel scum line as effective as it wanted it to be? It should have said resistance scum because <laughs> it's like you're. Not, it was definitely a callback. It was you yeah. know you're talking about the humor in the movie. Um, our, our friend Justin made a comment that he the humor fan felt a little too contemporary. Mm-hmm. That didn't bother me. Um. Because here's the problem. See, I, I think that comment, it's, it's sort of the same thing. Everything about the original trilogy was contemporary to that time, you know? And it's just that it's being, sl- you know, but we watch the movies over and over again um, within the context of, you know, we're getting older, we have you know, DVDs, Blu-rays, mm-hmm. you know, streaming. However you're viewing it doesn't really matter. We're still watching it. So then we expect it to be the same. Mind you, well, guess what? The same 30 years... Mm-hmm. Plus, has gone by in that universe as, as has for us. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah. the reality is that, so I think, you know, different aspects of the humor. I mean, it's tricky because, you know, then we think about watching these movies um, all together and we, we want them to, you know, to feel the same. But they actually shouldn't when you recognize the fact that they're so many years apart. 
mm-hmm. the way people speak actually shouldn't necessarily be the same. Right. You know? So, so in a way, I, I think I would argue that the fact that, that humor feels a little more contemporary than, you know, than what we see in, in the original trilogy is actually a good thing. Yeah, um, it didn't. Tr- I could go either way on on stuff like that. Um, the, the point is really just that it, it just dates the movie to to the to when it came out, right? Um, let's talk about the last, I think, major piece. Yeah, the Leia non death. So for me, when that happened in the movie, my initial reaction was I was freaking out when they killed Leia. Yeah, I was and she freak- gets sucked out. I yeah. was freaking. Out. I was like, it was violent. It, it was not only violent, but I was literally sitting in the theater thinking, like, wait a second. Holy Maybe shit. they were completely full of shit, and they always knew she was dying now, and were they really doing this, and oh my god. Because I was not thinking, oh, they just did this because she died. I wasn't no, thinking never. that at all. Yeah, you no, knew the movie I was made. just thinking, yeah. like, this is what they did, and they knew all along they didn't have to change anything because she freaking died. And they just lied that she would have been in episode nine, but they were going to deal with it. Right. You know? I was freaking out. Um, oh, you had read that, she, that her character was in episode nine. Which was and supposed they, to be. Yeah, and that they had to, to, to yeah. course correct. Yeah. Oh, you read that. Okay. Well, a while ago, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what I'd heard f- for the last year was she was intended to be a nine, you know, but they weren't going to change anything about eight. Right. And they would deal with it in nine. Right. You know? And then I was like, I, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my, I was literally sitting like, oh my God, I was so like emotionally, it hit me. Um, I like that Leia has the force. Yes. We've seen it. We saw it. She had the Force in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I like that. What was the sequence in the For- Force Awakens where she uses she it? She feels it when Hound dies. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and by the way... And that wasn't just sentiment. You're right. Yes. And and I actually, you know, so the, the, the question that some people might ask is, why can't she find Luke? Because Luke closed himself from the Force. Right. They say it in this movie. They say it in this movie. It's flat out. He shut it down because, by the way, because Kyle Ray, 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 even and Ray can't sense him. No one yeah, can sense him. Right. He's, he's shut up. He turned it off. Right. Theoretically, he's so powerful that he could actually just turn, cut, cut off his own connection. Right. Um, so, you know, it, the joke line is this: the, uh, and I got I'll credit our friend Justin, but uh, with this is the the Mary Poppins sequence. Yeah, I call it the Sistine Chapel sequence. Where okay. She's kind of doing the the little Sistine Chapel flow. Yeah, but it's very it is very Mary Poppins. Yeah, I think very much it. so. Know, she's, yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't bother me. I, I kind of wish that um, and she got over there. Part of me wanted her to just get in on her own, but it worked for me. You know, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. I was happy she wasn't dead. Right. Um, I mean, the second we. When we don't see her first, I was like, "Oh my god, she's dead." The second we saw her, I suddenly said to myself, "Oh, this she's is where she comes back to life, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Yondu couldn't do that, I guess. No, <laughs> and you know how I felt about that. <laughs> and, and yes, and, and it actually did seem very much like that. Yeah, that scene, right? In Guardians too, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was okay with that, and and again, I, I think that ultimately the point of that was because Ryan Johnson was very intentionally wanted to do that Hulk character and that whole thing because it wouldn't have played the same with Leia because he does have respect for Leia. But right. here's a woman who he should have respect for just on her rank and he actually knows of her accomplishments but because she's a woman who seems feminine, he doesn't. Right. I really think that's the point. You know, I really think that's intentional there. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I, I so think, you had to remove Leia for a section. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that became it. And that's just it. When Leia shows up later, and it actually plays kicks the door in. What's that? And she kicks the door in. Yeah, and it actually it actually plays. And listen, I mean, I didn't see it, it, it while present in the movie. I was literally thinking, oh, Leia's come to save the day, and she's going to be on his side for a second there. And then she's not. Yeah, Because he's wrong. Yeah. 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 You know? So we end this movie. Where do you see things going from here? Because, like, now they are very much the last remnants of any kind of resistance. But we have some hope that the entire, that the, that the, the good in the galaxy is going to come and help them. And you have the First Order to some degree. Well, we don't know the degree well, in which the, they're the, powerful. The, the big question becomes... Right. When does episode nine pick up? Right. You know, um, I don't want it to pick up right after. Mm-hmm. Because it needs to breathe. Right. For the story to go where it needs to go, there needs to be some time to go. Where does by. it need to go? Well, I mean, for it to end, I think that it's exactly what you're saying. A true rebellion has to come into being. Um, Ray has to come into her own that much more. Um one of the problems with this movie that I hope that we see in episode nine is what what happened to the Knights of Ren? Right. Where are the rest of and them? You're thinking that those are Luke's students who returned. Yes. Yeah. Um, you see a rainy shot of them in Force Awakens. There's some bit of it. Uh, so where there's, where there's are an idea they? that he has a group, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, I know going in, you know, for years and years, and hoping for this trilogy. And the idea, you know, in, in the extended universe stuff that became non-canon, it was an idea that there was a Jedi Academy. Like, there are other Force users out there. And mm-hmm. this actually brings me back to the notion of the fact that Ray comes from nobody. You know, yeah, there's this idea, because Luke says it, oh, the Force is strong in my family. But if you look at the prequels, if you look at uh, the Clone Wars cartoon, if you look at, you know, I mean, some's canon, some isn't, but... The idea of, you know, these very strong Force users don't necessarily come from Force families. Mm-hmm. Some do, plenty don't. Some are just born and they just happen to be the one that just have it. Right. You know, it's, that's just what it is. Maybe and they become family. what they are. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no indication of a family of Mace Windus or a family of Yodas or anything like that. Right. Just what it is. This is an individual who's special. Mm-hmm. That just happens and it happens maybe seemingly randomly. Right. You know? Um... So, you know, I bring that up because I feel like I, I, I'm kind of, you know, even with this seeing that kid at the end, I want to see that, you know, all right, bring more. That maybe, maybe Ray collects more, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that has to happen. I mean, I think that, that could be interesting to see, right? She starts putting her theater Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah, she's got the, she's got the textbooks. Yeah. Um, okay, and where does that leave, like, the only real potential romantic story, which is Finn and Rose. Where does that leave that? Is that a romantic relationship or is that a kiss for good luck? I think that at the end, the way he's sort of... Looking after over, her? Yeah. She's definitely into him and I think it is meant to go there. And, and there, there are some people feel that um, the little meeting of, of Poe and Ray is going to go somewhere. There's okay. actually there's a subtle little Easter egg in the movie that um, Poe's wearing a necklace that was his mother's ring. He has a necklace with that ring, and there's an idea in some of the the backstory stuff that that ring he's saving for whoever he's going to marry. Okay. So whether they go there or not, you know, it's like maybe. I mean, 
if they go there, it needs to be because a bunch of Tommy's jumped ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, to justify their relationship. I, I'm not sitting here as a shipper. I mean, yes, we all did that back in the original trilogy, but if it goes there, it goes there. I don't, I don't necessarily care, right? You know, if, if that's what happens and it's a good story, there's other with stories it, fine. to be told. Yeah, yeah, but and there was you know, none of that in this movie. No, there was a kiss, but the right. kiss was felt very. And you know, I mean, is that, I actually kind of like this notion that. Ray is very concerned about Finn. Finn's very concerned about Ray. It's not romantic. Right. Right. It's not. Yeah. And I'm good with that. In J.J. Abrams. You good with it? Yeah. He's the, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, again, listen, it's all about the story. It's all about the story. You know, we'll see what it is. How does this movie educate, if at all, the Ron Howard-directed Han Solo movie? I don't think that it does necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in what sense? Well, uh, they definitely tried some humor in this movie in a way that they didn't. In, Look, in you, you know, really I think I've said this to you. You know, I mean, of course I'm going to be there. I'll be there the first day. I will get excited about it. But when that movie was initially announced, I wasn't excited because I'm not sure we need it. Right. You know. Right. I, and you heard that the Boba Fett movie is still kind of in play. Well, well I have yet. To, my expectation is this Boba Fett. We know there's another movie. Right. Because it was originally, Josh Trank was supposed to do uh-huh. Boba Fett. We're assuming the next movie is going to be Boba Fett. Right. That's the one I'm interested in. You know, I'm also, I'm kind of interested in Obi-Wan as long as it's doing McGregor. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'd like to see that. Young Han Solo, you know, I mean, it's funny because it's the same actor, but when young Indiana Jones started, I wasn't excited. Right. Young Indiana Jones actually happens to be really good. Yeah. You know, I don't. You know, a lot of people, not that many people, really watched it, but it actually is really good. But conceptually, did I need it? I mean, I'm going to assume we're going to see the origin of the life debt with him and Chewie in it. Sure. You know, but you know, and I hope it's great. In Lando's in it. Yeah, I'm saying I hope it's great. You know, but I'm afraid. You know, it, it, listen, it runs the the risk of a lot of what. You know, some people had issues with in the prequels. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain cutesiness to it. You right. know, I mean, you know, the moment when Anakin and Obi Wan meet. You know, comments like "Oh, one day with the death of me" and all that. You know, there's there's a preciousness right. to doing it's things like that. It's a little self aware. Yeah. Um, but but I'm hopeful. Do you see Billy D. Williams as a cat in the cast for Episode Nine? As I said, I was disappointed I didn't see him in this because that was a perfect time to do it. Doing it somewhere else, I mean, if it's good, great. That would have been a good time. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. Yeah. That would have redeemed the whole Canto Bite thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. But but I'll be honest with you. Had they done that and it was Lando, it still would have felt like a weird Yeah, the universe is... Diversion. Still, yeah, yeah it's, it's still, yeah. Suddenly the, the galaxy is a little bit smaller when you get something like that. And like, why, like where'd that yeah. history go? Yeah. It's a lot to unwrap. I mean, again, coming back to Canto Bight, it, just, it felt just really weird. We're stuck. We need a code breaker. What are we going to do? Let's call Maz. She'll know. Oh, there's a guy here. Okay, well, let's just go there. You know? Like, it just felt really, like, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was, it was a little bit, like, sort of like, hey, you know, let's suddenly turn this movie into Ocean's Eleven. Sure. <coughs> yeah, and I'm glad I didn't have the chance to go all the way down that hole. Um, all right, Ian. There's a lot of thoughts here, a lot for FJ and the Geekscapists to uh, digest. Um, Geekscapists, I'm going to post this up, uh, and you guys can go to Geekscape Forever on Facebook. That's our Facebook group for discussion. 
and tell us what you think about uh, The Last Jedi. We already have a discussion started up there. Uh, I think Ian and I steered clear of it because we didn't want to tip our hats to each other to see what we thought. But we definitely want to hear from you. You can listen to... Uh, share Geekscape with your friends. That really goes a long way in telling people uh, that we're here. So definitely, whatever you're listening to this, leave us a review. Click that, that share button and share us with your friends. And on top of that, you can find us on social. So tweet at us. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Absolutely 100% go on our Facebook group, Geekscape Forever, and talk with us. Um, that's what we're there for. And Geekscape, is, you can also watch uh, me talk to several Star Wars cosplayers on our YouTube channel, Geekscape TV. We did that in a partnership with Skype, and that was a lot of fun. I threw them a little bit of a Star Wars The Last Jedi-based quiz to celebrate Skype, putting out their brand-new iOS uh, update. With um, It's got these masks that are cool. You can, you can dress in a Kylo Ren mask and uh, send messages, make, record messages for your friends. You can also use all these Star Wars emoticons that they've put in this new update for Skype on iOS. So that's a fun partnership that we have there, and that's been a, a great partnership for us. We like working with Skype here at Geekscape. Uh, Ian, you can always find him on Twitter. He throws those... He, you can see him discussing things with FJ back and forth. And our friend Adrian, that's always fun for me to read. <laughs> I'm like, ah, don't get involved. Because I just let them work it out. Um, but that's always fun to read. And he's also on uh, Facebook. So, Ian, you want the discussion to continue? You got Ian. You got access to Ian. Um, you got access to us, too, Geekscapists. Don't know where the podcast is going to go for the next two weeks because I'm traveling for the holidays. But I'm going to bring all the equipment with me and try and get you guys some more podcasts while I'm in Austin. Um, Ian, is there anything else you want to say to the Geekscapists before we wrap up? No, I, other than uh, I think that uh, this movie um, deserves a lot of thought and should not be dismissed right. out of hand. Um, there's a lot going on. I mean, I, I actually, I'm, I, I'm, I'm applauding the movie the more I think about it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Perfect with you. it is not. I'm with you. Not perfect. Interesting? Yeah, and I'll take interesting any day. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool, man. Talk to you later. Sounds good. Bye, Geeks.